<laughs> Only God and, and future Nemo to work out. <laughs> I feel like it went from that you had all the problems of being too loud to suddenly I've just gotten... I can't hear myself very well, which makes me speak louder, even though, like, it doesn't... Like, everyone else can hear me just fine. <laughs> Welcome to Bread and Barricades. My name is Nemo Martin. I use they, them pronouns. And... This week I've been doing interviews with people, people in the fandom about Les Mis, uh, especially fans of colour, which has been really interesting. Um, also, if anybody, if anybody listening is a person of colour and would like to join an interview with me about uh, race in Les Mis, let me know. Send me an email. You know the email <laughs> at this point, surely. Uh, but yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been uh, cool to talk to people about stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been very interesting talking to people and like hearing other people's experiences in the fandom and stuff. So yeah, that's been... Um, it's been a very lame as heady, lame as heavy week for me this mm. week. <laughs> Just what you needed was me being like, are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> This is Stevie, she, they pronouns. Um, I've got to backseat, be along for Nemo's journey. I just, well, <laughs> I just get little updates, but that's been fun. It's like I'm peripherally part of the fandom <laughs> without ever having to step foot. <laughs> you just got to do all of the like drama without any of the like uh, witnessing. Yeah, I just get to like read people's nice fix and like look <laughs> at people's cool cosplays. So that's been nice <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> all of the fun, none of the work. Mm, this uh, is the service I provide to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. That's true of many things. I can't remember what we were watching or talking about the other day that my housemate was like, oh, just get Nemo into this and then you'll have fix to read. But, and then like, and then you can write them for Nemo. But I was like, no, that's not how this works. I promise Nemo many things. I deliver nothing. But Nemo does, does deliver to me. Was it the Gordon Ramsay being gay show? I think it was actually another one. Every now that wow. now that my housemate has the finger on your pulse, it's everything we watched that he's like, what would Nemo think of this? <laughs> but also the Gordon Ramsay one. Um, but speaking of all the fun and no work, okay, um, we're still enjoying this. Um, this little child is the is Paris metaphor and how much fun that is for these little gamins to be mm. running around and it's completely fine that it's like a bit sad like it but look how good a time they're having and if this was anywhere else that but Paris <laughs> yes you could be sad for them but like not in Paris mm. in Paris it's all a-okay and uh yeah this this is like if you've just listened to the last episode, it's very much Victor Hugo. I feel like the last time I started an episode, I was like, it's more of the same. But here we are. <laughs> it is again more of the same. Um, to portray the child is to portray the city. 
And that is why we have studied the eagle in this sparrow. Like, we're right there mm, still. Mm, mm. Um, oh, but then I don't remember. I'd like read these chapters already thinking I was going to cram them into the last episode, but took pity and we're spreading <laughs> out a bit that I was like, oh, I don't need to really reread them. I'll like, re I did reread them a little bit, but mostly the lines I underlined. Um, mm. Oh, I, I just, my, I like zoned in on the word race. So I was like, oh, wow, did I like completely miss something <laughs> that would be like very interesting for Nima right now? It was like, no, just the, the Parisian race. Uh, 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 I'm like, okay, uh. I take it back. I did read over it properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the riffraff, um, people, Cicero would call it the excrement of the city. The mob set would say Burke, mm. rabble, the multitudes. Um, but what does it matter? What do I care if they go barefoot? They cannot read? Too bad. Would you abandon them for that? Cannot the light penetrate the masses? Let us return to that cry. Light, and let us keep calling for it. Light, light. Um, there's been this light metaphor and motif through these, uh, this whole book of chapters. Mm. The light of enlightenment. Light is actually... Victor Hugo like doing a little nice of like yeah just because these kids are like rabble should we not still like would you still abandon them for that and is like philosophers go teach enlighten illuminate think aloud speak aloud run joyously hand out educational primers proclaim rights um this multitude can be made sublime like he does want education mm. for these kids mm. But just the right amount of education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, okay. And then you're like, and let, let, but lest we not forget. And yeah. thankfully I have a new motor to remind me. <laughs> Before I get sucked in too hard. And... Yeah. <laughs> when one of us gets too deep, we're like, no, no, <laughs> come back. <laughs> this is why it's... <laughs> it's not just one of us doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we also know he does hate you if you're poor and educate yourself. He wants philosophers yeah. to be educating you. Yeah. But if this little rabble of gamins is sand, throw mm. them into the furnace of education and they will melt and bubble and turn into crystal. Oh my god. <laughs> and it is thanks to this crystal that Galileo and Newton will discover the stars. Stars wow. motif. <laughs> Wow, wow, yeah, stars motif, but also, wow, <laughs> science, everything, you got everything there. All of, well, I was going to call him Javert, all of Hugo's favourite things. <laughs> They're all a problematic fave of one kind or another. <laughs> and all of what has come before now has been leading to this chapter, the last of this book, Young Gavroche. Mm. We've got to him, we've got to the boy. So, he is eight or nine. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let us try again. <laughs> eight or nine years after the events related in part two of this story. Uh -huh. A little boy of 11 or 12. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Um. So, a little older. Um quite accurately embodied the description given above of the archetypal gamin 
Laughter of a child is aged on his lips and his heart had not been totally bleak and empty. He wears a pair of men's trousers, but they, he did not get them from his father. A woman's jacket, but he had not got them from his mother. Somebody other had clothed him in cast-offs out of charity. But he does have a mother and father, but the father has no thought for him and his mother did not love him. And you're like... Who do we know whose mother does not love him? Who could that be? <laughs> Assuming that if the chapter title wasn't giving it away from us. <laughs> Actually, did we know his name was Gavrosh? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so this would be a like, who's this young Gavrosh then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, well, let's go into it with that that attitude. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, you know, there hasn't been any other couple named in this novel. I that's mean, true. alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there were the child hated by the mother for some un- inexplicable reason <laughs> that just can't be explained. <laughs> but luckily for him, this child has never felt so happy on the streets. Oh, uh, yeah, lucky. Yeah. The pavements were less hard to him than his mother's heart. That you're like, oh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that he's very boisterous and smart and cheeky, animated yet sickly looking, always on the go, um, cheerful because he was free. When these poor creatures are men, almost invariably they are caught and crushed under the milestone of the social order. But as long as they are children, being small, they escape. So it's like, oh, these are the best years of his life, and it's still, like, sad. Yeah. Neglected as this child was, occasionally he would say, oh, now I'm going to go to Sima, and what's this? This double number, 50 slash 52, already known <laughs> to the reader. Mm. At the Gobo Tenement. Curious. Mm. Rooms to let says the sign outside, and it happens to be inhabited by several individuals with no connection or relationship between each other. (laughs) Or to this novel, definitely. (laughs) Not at all relevant, we just thought we'd go on this tangent, which actually also, like, surely a reader, uh, by this point, you're like, yeah, he will. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it isn't relevant. (laughs) But the principal tenant of Jean Valjean's day had died and been replaced by another exactly like her. I am not sure which philosopher said, there is never any shortage of old women. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. So. Uh, what? I wonder what philosopher that... Come on, Victor Hugo, name the philosopher. Yeah, name when have her. you ever not been able to? <laughs> Come on, Victor Hugo, or was that just something that you thought would be funny, but you didn't want to like attribute it to yourself? Come on, Victor Hugo. A wise man once said, and I've I've heard this spoken aloud. It could have been in my own voice, but I can't be sure. But that's for I feel like a hundred years ago we were like, you were keeping an eye out for sometimes unnamed housekeepers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's true. Mostly Javert's one. But actually, yeah. they both... Javert did have that one night that he stayed here. Yeah, that's true. So, technically. <laughs> this one actually does have a name, Madame Vergon. And mm. 
nothing remarkable in her life <laughs> except right? for three parrots. Three. <laughs> that success successively ruled her heart. And I'm like, that's pretty interesting. Tell me about that. <laughs> did you say parrots? I did say parrots. Wow, I don't remember this at all. I'm sure they won't come up ever again. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure they don't, because I feel like I would have remembered them if they were recurring characters. <laughs> it was like quite the little nugget to drop in about someone. Yeah, that's interesting. That must be based on someone he knows in real life then. He's like, this old bat that I know with her parrots. <laughs> with her three parrots. Well, we'll remember you, Madame Bergon, and your three parrots. Bergon, Bergon, Bergon and her parrots, okay. That was a nice little poem for her. <laughs> Thanks, it was me trying to remember, but I know that next week if you even try and make me remember, I will not. For that reason, I'm going to remember her forever. Like, it's the information that we're like, we'll definitely forget this. But somehow, <laughs> that's the only thing that burrows deep into my brain. <laughs> I may not remember her name because I'm very bad at names, but I'll remember that there was a parrot woman. Mm. <laughs> you'll say it like in two years, you'll be like, oh, I remember the parrot woman. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I really hope that this is like last time that you were like, this isn't even ever going to come up again. There's going to be a whole chapter about the parrots, like whispering <laughs> truth to Javert, like it's an AC journey. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't really want that to exist, and I really want it to happen so that, like, I can be, so I can just be like, I don't even know. I just really want that to be real. I hope I've manifested it. Like <laughs> that page wasn't in the anyone's books, but it's about to be. <laughs> Everyone, quickly, go and check your pages. <laughs> Suddenly there's a not whole new, like, ten pages about her. Oh, We'll write it. We'll add you to our list of favourite <laughs> side characters, <laughs> Red and Begon. Um, But, sadly, enough about her. No. <laughs> Even worse, you know who's coming. The most destitute of those who inhabited the tenement was a family of four, father and mother and two daughters, who are already quite grown. Nothing very distinctive about this family, except its extreme destitution. <laughs> <laughs> but don't think about that too hard. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. The father's name was Jondrette, and that's the most effort I'll ever put into some I like ways. the spice you gave it. Yeah. I was impressed by it. <laughs> I was like, the only thing I can do is roll R's and I've been really like <laughs> almost purposely not doing that and I'm not going to do it ever again on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's his one. Jondrette had said to this woman <laughs> I said I'd drop it and I did. Um, who, like her predecessor, was both doorkeeper and stair sweeper. I thought you said dorky, like, <laughs> what a fucking dork. And I was like, wow, okay, interesting translation. <laughs> Let's really unpack that. Um, no, got a nice little doorkeeper, stair sweeper rhyme going on. Um, he's like, if anyone should happen to come up asking after a Pole or an Italian or maybe even a Spaniard, that would be me. 
And this family was this cheerful little ragamuffins family. Mm. Um, and he'd arrive and find poverty and want. And what is even sadder, <laughs> no smile. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> A cold hearth and cold hearts, which is sad. Mm. The poverty is quite sad as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess... But they're evil, so it's deserved. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how dare they? Um, and I'm sure Gavroche doesn't even care about the poverty. It's just you wish you had someone just to, to smile at you because that's more important. Like that is that part is is also equally as sad. Um, I don't know what mm. about giving weight to one more than the other, but um, that like he'll show up and they'll be like, "What have you even come here for?" <laughs> but he's lived in, in this absence of affection and he didn't actually know what a mother and father should be so he doesn't hold it against them they're like oh. <laughs> what is more his mother loved his sisters they were like mm, if he didn't already have little ringing bells of mm. I hate my son for some reason but I love my little daughters we have forgotten to mention that this child was called Young Gavroche. Why was he called Gavroche? Probably because his father's name was Jondrette. Breaking ties seems to be the instinct of some destitute families. So I guess, did he name himself? That I means? I think so, yeah. And I feel like Gavroche, that probably, there's probably someone on Tumblr who's written a, a post about why is Gavroche called Gavroche. Yeah, what does it mean? Baby names. Someone clever, tell us. <laughs> Yeah, so the room that they, the Jondrettes, inhabit is the one at the end of the corridor, which I can't remember where on the corridor. I feel like Jean Valjean was like in the middle because Javert walked past him. But it is a lot of uh, fate and destiny intervening or something that, you know, mm. we're all hanging out in the same house. I guess he described it so well and so much. But he was like, I can't waste this location. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got very distracted because uh, the trivia of Lim's fandom wiki says that Gavro in French, Gavroche has come to mean street urchin. So I don't know whether that's... But surely that's because of Victor Hugo and not... Yeah, when's the etymology of... What did Apparently, it mean? Oh my god. There's a fucking... Oh my god, I'm so angry. There's a restaurant in fucking Mayfair, London called Le Gavroche the Urchin. And it's two and three. It's it's how many Michelin stars is it? It's two Michelin stars. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> what do they serve? Oh, it's the telegraph. I don't want to click on that. Oh, go back, go back. Don't give them the clicks. Oh, no. <laughs> well, they serve French tables for heroes. Michel Wu Jr. is inviting friends, family, and colleagues of all deserving pandemic heroes to nominate them for the chance to enjoy lunch or dinner for two people at Le Gavroche. From firemen to food store employees, you can nominate um, someone. When when do... Example of what your nominated key worker has done to be so outstanding during the epidemic. Interesting. Oh. It's still open. Anyone in the UK over the age of 18, let's nominate some people. Yeah. Nominate us for <laughs> <laughs> your pandemic heroes, you know. 
It would be apt, but I don't know if it would be deserved. <laughs> no, no, no. Please don't actually do that, but that would be hilarious. The prize is strictly, strictly for a four-course meal for two people for lunch or dinner with a glass of champagne upon arrival and a matching glass of wine of each course. Wow. Strictly. <laughs> that is a nice thing. It would is a nice thing to do. It's but, very extravagant for a Gavroche-inspired restaurant. Yeah, oh my god, the the menu exception, exceptional and then the menu du jour is like look at the, if you look at the um it's like uh, uh, a single scallop Classic. in a scallop shell with like a tiny bit of sauce and a tiny piece of I'm assuming sorrel and then on like on a white plate but with like some kelp point um, poking out it's very it's very um, can you imagine calling your fucking high-class French restaurant a fucking urchin? This is Victor Hugo <laughs> levels of, like, describing a street urchin with, um, like, as as a god and stuff like that. Like, oh my god, That's I'm true. so angry. That, this is actually a highly accurate restaurant, <laughs> and we can't take that from them. Yeah. Wait, I should have checked how much one meal costs. The complete menu exceptional, which is... Um, nine course meal comes to depending on whether you um have the wine or not either 278 pounds or 373 pounds per person nine nine dishes that's yeah. 30 pound 80 per per dish yeah but maybe because you would only name your restaurant after Gavroche if it was in the spirit of Gavroche uh-huh. maybe you're meant to run out on the bill in a very like cheeky chappy kind of way and it's very I am the spirit of France <laughs> or you're like here is what what is it saying uh, what was it saying earlier that the kids would be like selling little trinkets and things mm. you'd be like bump into them that you're like uh, uh, po- uh, tickets for the theatre if we're like, here's this ticket to, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> anything. <laughs> the National, the Opera, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gavroche, the restaurant. I guess we've broken ties with them for. <laughs> yeah. no, we need to go for them for a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we'll take back everything we said. <laughs> Well, when I put into the Google Translator Gavroche, it comes mm. up as Newsboy. But oh, yeah, everything when you search is like, since Les Mis, it has mm. come to me, blah, blah, blah. That I can't tell, like, I'm sure someone has written about it, um, but it's probably behind a, um, oh, I've not even gone on the site in so long. Paywall? The paywall of... JSTOR <laughs> them um, but also Victor Hugo does like he does do everything carefully mm. well not necessarily like not necessarily with care but with a lot of thought yeah yeah for sure so maybe it must have already had some kind of connotation I'm going to assume yeah I'll try and find the text post at some point which I'm sure I, I've seen a lot where it, like where people um uh tell us poor mere mortals um what 
uh, what all the names mean. So mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be cool to know. Um, but we've put a lot more thought into this than uh than surprisingly Victor Hugo musing on this name. Um, he's like, <laughs> anyway, the cell next door was occupied by a very poor young man. Oh. Called Monsieur Marius. Oh, boo. Let us explain <laughs> who this Monsieur Marius was. Do we have to? Well, we don't have to do that today. That's the end of the episode. There truly was not enough time to cram it into the last episode, but it's kind of like, oh, that was me throwing the back onto my little sofa. Like, I don't need this. <laughs> um, any, any, closing thoughts on the gammon and uh, all that's come before this moment hmm we're entering a new era um i'm hearing an airplane for the first time in <laughs> like a year so that really distracted me as you were talking i was like what the fuck is that like a jumbo jet where is it going who's flying <laughs> stay home <laughs> um i love gavroche and i love every time he shows up. I hate Victor Hugo, and I hate every time he shows up. <laughs> For a chapter titled Young Gavroche. There wasn't so much about him. Yeah. I guess it's trying to be subtle a little bit with the, like, John Drett kind of stuff, and like, who could this poor boy be, and who could those two girls be? And, yeah, I guess And so. who could this little man be? And I guess he's... How many... Ugh threw the book away like I don't even need to <laughs> yeah I don't need to look at you for the rest of the evening um, how many chapters was 19 to 38 is it's like 19 yeah 19 pages I guess he does describe what a gammon is so much mm. that by the time he gets to Gavroche he's like I'm putting a name to a face but you already know that face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he is the, like, yeah, he is the typical gammon. So just picture any little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sickly looking, but with a little rosy cheeks. Mm. Cheeky. Doesn't know to be more sad about his situation. Which. The saddest of them all. <laughs> exactly. So tragic. Yeah. And I guess he's given us all a week's warning to prepare for Marius. Yeah, literally. um, (laughs) Fucking prepare yourself for this boy who I hate, (laughs) who my supervisor keeps telling me that I need to stop hating. (laughs) Begging you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, I feel sorry for Marius. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Enough people have come before me and felt sorry. (laughs) I'm just, I'm actually quite excited <laughs> if you feel this strongly. I'm so sure that like you can super cut me in one year time being like, I guess my favourite character is now Marius. <laughs> I have proven to myself that um, he was the, the person I needed all along. Yeah, it's, it's coming for me, but my villain backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I just always have that quote. Um, it wasn't T.S. Eliot. Ugh. That quote. Live, wait. You either die the hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. Oh no, that not that one? quote. Okay. Um, but uh, that also, yes. You know when a an article quotes somebody else, 
So you're like, who actually said this? The person or the person they're quoting? Uh, uh-huh. um, I think it was the brothers Goncourts who were like, Marius is singularly lackluster young man. He was supposedly <laughs> a portrait of the youthful Victor Hugo himself. Like, <laughs> I remember reading that. I think it might have even been episode one of this podcast where I'd like... Didn't know anything about Les Mis. I'd just been thrown into secondary research, so I was just like picking up vibes from all the secondary sources I was mm. reading. But I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> I feel like there was a couple of those. Of was it, there was like some English author, like a really big one, who was also like about oh, Marius. Yeah. Um, uh, George Eliot. Oh, that I think that's why. Yeah, I thought so it was Eliot. Eliot. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. I've had the um, this lackluster little <laughs> caricature <laughs> of Victor Hugo. I've had that like calculating at the back of my mind for like however many years this podcast has been. So I'm just really excited to reach this point where I get to either be like, in this essay, I disagree with the comment, or the more likely like to cite the words of <laughs> in the completely correct statement. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hello, um, this is Nemo. This episode ends really, really abruptly because directly after talking about this, we then went on to talk about um, uh, what is now going to be next week's episode, uh, which is going to be a, sh- a special episode about C.A. Shilton's Barricades, The Journey of Javert. Um, and yeah, I just thought while editing it, it would probably make more sense that they were two episodes rather than following directly on. So... Apologies for the abruptness of the episode. This was Bren Barricades, a lamest podcast produced by me, Nemo Martin, and Julian Yap. It was a Captain's Collections podcast. If you are a person of colour and you would like to partake in an interview with me for my PhD about race and racism in the Les Miserables fandom, uh, please do email me, lamestpodcast, L-E-S-M-I-S podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and just say that you are interested in partaking or if you want more information um, feel free to let me know or ask any questions or if you have any other comments questions or quibbles and you are not a person of colour you can also email that address or you can find us on twitter at lamos podcast or on tumblr at bread and barricades if you like this podcast you can donate to us via ko-fi or on patreon which are both in the show notes and if you like this music, then you can download it directly from Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or on her bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. Um, I think that's everything, but I don't have Stevie here to remind me, so uh, apologies, and also thank you.